going on, everybody? It's your host, Jimmy Johnson Jr. I'm back on my podcast, The Vitamin Sports, where you take vitamins every day, just like we talk about sports every day. Right now, I'm just feeling in a good mood, but I got questions about the New York Times. If I was you, and y'all one of the most, one of the greatest magazine, newspaper publishings, of all time, and you come out with this piece about Travis Kelsey calling the fade the Travis Kelsey cut. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. And here's why: one, the cut is so revolutionized, everybody had it. Can play Martin, Bobby Brown, any rapper you know today, back then. They had the cut. So how can you just self-claim just the Travis Kelsey cut? Shannon Sharp had the cut. Your host right here, Jimmy Johnson Jr. had the cut. There's so many athletes, especially black athletes, (coughs) that had the cut before Travis Kelsey. That would do a disservice to the black community if you called that the Travis Kelsey cut. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't seem to really process the fact that you trying to steal a cut that's been around longer than Travis Kelsey. But, you know, just a little bit. But we're not here to talk about Travis Kelsey with a fade. We're here to talk about Juju Watkins, the prodigy that's at USC. The other day, she dropped 51 points, which is the most in school history, which is up there with the greatest of the greats. She's a problem. She's been a problem all year long. She's got that it factor, and she's only a freshman, which tells me there's more to come from this young lady. She's the truth. Even after they went on a loser streak, did you know that the security guard at the USC campus called the coach and said, I got Miss Watkins in the gym shooting jumpers. Do you want me to put her out? You know what the coach said? No. And after the very next game, she got a group back. See, that's a testament of real greatness. When you have an off day, you go back into the lab and you work on what you were not good at. See, a lot of people should take the testament and really look at Juju Watkins. I know a lot of y'all don't watch WNBA. I know a lot of y'all don't watch college on the basketball. But Juju Watkins has been flashing the entire year. They say she's already a front runner for, you know, freshman of the year, rookie of the year. I don't know how it works for WNBA. But now they're saying she's in the competition or in the ballpark of winning college, winning player of the year for women's basketball. That is insane. For her incoming freshman to be up there with Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark, and others as a freshman, 
says a lot about Gigi Watkins. She's a problem. She got a nice inside game. She got a nice outside game. Can attack the basket. Can shoot the jump shot. There ain't nothing to her game. To be in the conversation with the best player in college women's basketball right now, who, by the way, Kate McClark, is about to break the most points in a career for a D1 women's basketball. Yeah. You know, we all talk about Angel Reese, you know, because she's from Baltimore. But Kate McClark is the truth. She's been the truth all year long since she's been at Iowa. She's been the truth. She single-handedly brought her team to the natty. Even though she lost to Angel Reese, who in that season averaged a double-double the entire season. That says a lot about how great Angel Reese is. That also says a lot about how great Aaliyah Boston was. Because Aaliyah Boston was in that conversation too. Aaliyah Boston and uh, South Carolina hassled Angel Reese just like they're doing this season. I keep telling people, y'all keep saying Angel Reese is the truth. But what happens when she go up against bigger competition? There are NBA women's basketball players, I mean college women's basketball players, that are dominating Angel Reese on a defensive end. Like they're getting physical with her. They're frustrating her. You know, there was times when Angel Reese was just bullying everybody. But what happens when the bully gets bullied? Then you see how strong they really are. Like like Zach Randolph said, where I come from, the bullies get bullied. Angel Reese is tough. I think she has to continue to develop her ground and pound game, meaning when she's on that block, back to the basket, have a nice little outside shot. Because there's going to come a time when those things are needed. And there's going to be times where people watch film on Angel in college to see who gave her problems. Teens that had big girls that was roughing her up. Juju uh, Watkins. She got to have an off day. Or you got to play her like you play Clayton uh, Clarkson. Let her get hers off. But stop everybody else around her. And that says a lot. But Juju Watkins has been a phenom this entire year. And it's only her freshman year. So what does that say about the possibility of what she can be? She's only a rookie. And she dropped 51 points. 51. You would have thought Caitlin Clark did that. Not this girl. A freshman. I know the era of basketball is changing because we got people, you know, are scoring points at a high will. But like I said before in my previous podcasts, the WNBA, the international overseas basketball players, like the Luka Doncic's, like the Joella Beads, and the Jokic's, they coming. 
NBA main players are getting better. Just because they can't dunk doesn't mean the games aren't fun to watch. If anything, it tells who knows basketball and who doesn't. Who's a hooper and who's a basketball player. See, right now in the NBA, we're watching a lot of a lot of hoopers. There aren't too many basketball players that are still available. And for those who don't know the, the definition of a hooper, a hooper is somebody that can just go get a bucket. A basketball player breaks you down fundamentally, and they use their talents all in one. LeBron James is fundamentally sound. Even when his talent dwindles, he still breaks you down fundamentally. Same thing with Steph Curry. Same thing Kobe was doing when he was in the league and he was towards the end of his career. Vince Carter, same way. He had all the dunk ability in the world. Towards the end of his career, what did he start developing? A jump shot. Even though he had one, he relied on it more because his athleticism dwindled. See, you got to know the game. You got to know, when you look at these teams now, like they're talking about the MVP race, how a lot of people are getting upset that Joel Embiid is not going to win the MVP as he's putting up this tremendous performance. It happens. Availability is the best ability. But it's not towards him. It's towards the people that's, you know, that don't play all their games. Sometimes you got to punish people to, to, to get them to understand what you're trying to do. You want their stars out there. You don't want people just keep resting all the time, low management. Yeah, they want to see their stars. They want to see the stars play. Kids pay good earned money. Parents probably save their entire lives just so they could take their kids to a basketball game. Because that kid, that experience at a basketball game might change that kid's life. Who knows? That's why Kobe made it his mission to play each and every game. If he wasn't sick, injured, or hurt, Kobe was playing. Kobe was playing. Sometimes they had to force Kobe to sit out. That's how bad he wants it. It's not just about your passion. It was a job for Kobe. Kobe coming in sometimes with a suit jacket on. Sometimes he dressed down casual. Sometimes he had a sweatsuit on. It meant more to Kobe than anything. Because his entire life he was doubted. People didn't like Kobe. For various odd reasons, they didn't like Kobe. But every challenge they had in front of Kobe, he over-exceeded expectations. See, we talk about LeBron, we talk about LeBron James and what he's done for the league. But why we don't talk about the fact about how, you know, a lot of people say, you know, Kobe came into the league, he struggled. When LeBron James came into the league, he didn't struggle. Well, Kobe didn't have the opportunities like LeBron James did. Did he or did he not? When Kobe came into the league, he had to earn his spot. When LeBron James came into the league, who 
who they had to put up there in front of LeBron James? Nobody. LeBron James has inherited a team that didn't know what a championship was if it bit him in the ass. Now, they had deep playoff runs, of course, but it just wasn't what they wanted. They kept, you know, coming up against Michael Jordan. They had a hard time, you know, accumulating talent. But, you know, when they had LeBron James, they started going to the finals. But they was getting swept. Left and right. See, Kobe is the... This is why I say Kobe is one of the greatest players of all time. It should be in everybody's top five. Because it's not just about his work ethic. His skill set. The guy played defense. The guy was hungry. The guy put in so much effort in the gym. He lived in the gym. The guy was so hungry to want to be great. He he just was that. He just was him. So that's what people got to understand about Kobe Bryant. The guy was him. God was the guy. He was the guy where if you were down three, two, you know who to get the ball to and you get out of his way. And I put him above my Jordan because he won with less. Everybody talks about how Kobe wouldn't have been Kobe without Shaq. Well, that could be said about anybody that got championships. Scotty wouldn't have been Scotty. LeBron wouldn't have been LeBron without D-Wade. But what were those guys were when those guys won championships? Before those guys won championships. Kobe won three with Shaq. But it's not like Shaq was carrying Kobe. Shaq probably was averaging probably 35. Do you know what Kobe was averaging? About 30. Between 28 and 30 points a game. That's how menacing Kobe was. Kobe was a problem. Kobe was that guy that, yo, give me the ball so I can make some things happen. When Shaq couldn't do it, best believe Kobe did. Kobe was the guy. Kobe was the guy that told everybody, his teammates, when they were, it's like, Kobe taking the ball. Ain't no other team. It's an M.E. in that motherfucker. That's what Kobe was saying. Kobe lived up to expectations. Actually, he didn't. He over-exceeded expectations. But you got to know the game. Kobe did that. Kobe was true to what he was. Kobe Bryant dropped 81 points in a game that they were down. They needed to score. Kobe Bryant is the last player that you'll think to have played ISO ball. Nowadays, you can't do that no more. You're like, well, why? Because everybody is not made. That system doesn't work. And everybody ain't made to do that. Everybody's not the guy to get the rebound, push the ball down the court, shoot the three, get the, the jump shot, pass the ball to himself off the backboard and all that. Nah. Everybody's not made to be 
the guy. That's why I don't know why they was forcing certain guys to be the guy. But it's okay to be a robber. No, actually, forget that. It's okay to be a nightwing. It's okay. And people say, well, why you say, well, Nightwing will never be Batman. Nightwing is his own guy. Robin had to learn. Then eventually he became Nightwing. Nightwing can go on his own. But he's always better when he has Batman by his side. Or a team by his side. Like he's striving to be a leader. He has all the the tools of the trade, but he just don't have that it factor. That's why Nightwing had the Teen Titans. That's why Nightwing had the Bat Family. It happens. But, you know, everybody want to be a chief. But do you know what it takes to be a chief? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. Know what it takes to be a chief. Everybody can't answer that. Everybody can't demonstrate those qualities of being a chief. Everybody want to be the guy until it's time to be the guy. Every girl want to be the girl until it's time to do what you need to do. It goes both ways in this game of sports. See? Everybody's in boxing. Everybody say they the pound for pound guy. I only saw two guys, well, four guys that stepped up to the plate to prove that they the pound for pound guy. Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence. Tyson Fury versus uh, Deontay Wilder. And in the end, Terrence Crawford came out the guy versus Terrence Crawford. I mean, Terrence Crawford came out the guy against Errol Spence. Tyson Fury came out the guy against Deontay Wilder. I'm just waiting for those 140-135 guys. Stop bluffing. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Who's really the pound-for-pound guy? Who's really the guy? I don't care about belts. I don't. I don't care. I care about legacy, lineage. I care about guys that say 50 years from now, that was the best fight they ever saw. That holds more weight than saying you got all the belts. You don't want to be the guy that said he was a paper champion. He was a guy nobody wanted to fight. He was a guy that didn't want to fight. Like the fight I want to see, and I think the world wants to see, is Tank versus Devin Haney. That will prove who's the guy. That will prove to the whole world who's the guy. Is it Abdul? Or is it Devin Haney? Who's the guy? Who will go down in the history? I mean, both of the guys will go down in the history books as top tier fighters. But who will go down 
in history as the God. And then even now, there's word being spread that there are two people who are the God. Terrence Crawford, Canelo Alvarez. That's another chapter. If Terrence Crawford beats Canelo Alvarez, both of them in the almost the tail end of their primes, who's the guy? Who's the guy that beats all the guys? And Floyd, he beat everybody. He beat everybody. Didn't matter when, didn't matter where, he beat them. He beat all the guys. Is there a chance that we might see Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua to see who's the guy? Who knows? I'm just waiting for new stories to be told. I know what you're thinking. This guy's just rambling, man. But really not. I'm giving you the facts and knowledge of the game. Just like how people are so in arms about Brock Purdy being called a game manager. Why? Why are you up in arms? This is the same team other than maybe Christian McCaffrey and them losing a decent secondary. But this is the same team. They had Jimmy Garoppolo. Everybody looking at Jimmy G like, is that Jimmy G? That in the last seven games when he first got traded over there, he was undefeated. The last seven games, he was undefeated. Didn't he play a full season? Took him to the Super Bowl. And after some poor decision making, they lost. Uh, Brock Purdy is a good quarterback, and there's nothing wrong with him being a good quarterback. There's nothing wrong with him. What I have a problem with is people trying to put him on a pedestal that he doesn't need to be on. He's not a game changer. And Cam Newton's right. He's not a game changer. They're like, oh, y'all hating on Brock Purdy. Hating on what? Cam Newton been to the Super Bowl. Cam Newton won an MVP. Cam Newton won a Heisman. Cam Newton is an all-pro. I want everybody to go look back at that 15-1 season. That's a game changer. That is a game changer. Cam Newton put that whole franchise on his back from the time they drafted him to the time they let him go. Cam Newton was the guy. Did he have his flaws as a QB? Absolutely. Kept throwing off his back foot. And every time people tell him, Cam, stop throwing off your back foot. It's not a good look. Because you leave the ball in the air too long for people to pick it off. And you saw the repercussions of that. People was picking the ball off. Left and right. So you got to understand the game. Understand. It's not just a physical game. It's not just a mental game. It's also a spiritual game. When you believe in your heart that you are that guy, 
you go out there and prove that you are that guy. If Cam Newton team would have stepped up and did what they were supposed to do, Cam Newton would have won a Super Bowl. He'd been one of the very few players to win the Heisman and a Super Bowl and an MVP and a Super Bowl MVP. But, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy being great. A lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people think when somebody criticizes you is that they're trying to be disrespectful. No. But we're going to call a spade a spade. You aren't going to sit here and discredit another person because he said, oh, this person is not a game changer. And they were a game changer. Like, contrary to what people believe, Cam Newton was a game changer. He changed life. He changed the way the quarterback position is being played. Because you've never seen somebody 6'5 that can run a 4'5. Four, four, like Come on, now. You ain't never seen a quarterback that big moving that fast on the field. No, you ain't never seen that. Because it's never been done before. Quarterbacks that big don't grow on trees. But, you know. Everybody think Cam Newton a hater because he criticized Brock Purdy. He criticized Dak Prescott. And those guys that they say Brock Purdy was better than, I can't. I can't really see them. I don't see how he's better than Dak. I don't. Dak had the most touchdowns this season. I don't see how he's better than, you know, Tua Tagovailoa. These last two seasons, Tua Tagovailoa has had the most high-power offenses. But, you know, offense win games, defense win championships. But, hey, that's just my opinion. I'm your host, Jimmy Johnson Jr., and this is Vitamin Sports. Stay tuned.